is a tasty burger. Well, we're going, we don't need those. The whole world's gone crazy! Am I the only one around here who gives a shit about the rules? Conflicts and Interests with Eric Kahn and Mike Montague. Are you getting a sense that we're, we are post pandemic and that uh, we're moving to that next level? Are you feeling it? Who's the we realtors or business in general? I would say just the, the general economy. And let's just focus here on Ontario or maybe yeah. Canada as a whole. All right. So I got an opinion on that for sure. I mean, I think that there have been mass casualties. I don't, for those of us who haven't left the city's boundaries, uh, uh, yeah. you get down into other areas of, of the GTA or, or across the province, across the country. Now there's mass devastation. Um, for those who would you have call managed it that? to hang mass on. Devastation? Yeah, I would. I'm watching to, to the economy every, every day. And yes, you're right. There has been, but I think my, my question or observation is, if you want on a scale of one to 10 rate, rate the severity of this against our economy as a whole and industries as a whole, I would, I was anticipating a nine out of 10 or maybe an 11. We're not there yet. That's the next We're part of it. Is, yeah. Was yeah. there going to be my next question? Do you think maybe well, there's a delay to this, that it's too early? Yeah, to make I that? definitely do. I definitely do. And I think because I, I think the, the, the pandemic uh, government financings uh, run out for some going to run out for others. I think that debt load uh, is going to catch up to people. I, I do anticipate we're going to see some uh, some pretty uh, hard hit uh, uh, personal as well as corporate uh, bankruptcy. Uh, I think people have racked up credit cards and lines of yeah. credit where, where they haven't had access to um, to to subsidy funding. So but yeah, it, but but I would say to you that if you're a, if you were a prepared corporation who had great legal advice and counsel and accounting counsel and all those kinds of things, perhaps you had a business interruption insurance that kicked in. Now, if the insurance companies were were who I anticipate they typically are, they probably said, "Well, yeah. this is an act of God and it doesn't count" or something like that. And again, as you stated earlier, I'm probably wrong. Great. I'm probably wrong on this one to a certain degree as well, well but I, I, ju- I just, I don't think there is that- a wrong or right. Cause we're just speculating and, and there'll be a bit of both. I said on my condo oh, we're board, we're figuring it out and- as we go right now, Mike. Yeah. I said on my condo board and we had a meeting a couple of days ago. One of the things we look at is defaults on condo fees and payments. And surprisingly there were zero, uh, you know, usually there's two or three that are in arrears. There were zero. And I'm thinking, well, that's interesting. Is that a true reflection or, of things, or am I maybe like the guy a week after the Chernobyl disaster who looked back and went, "Well, that wasn't so bad. We came through that okay." It was a was it a week after or a week in? Like who knows? There's going to be a delay. Maybe the radiation is uh, is yet to take effect uh, on us all here. Well, let's 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 take this to the next level, though, Mike. Right? I think the borders are going to open at some point <laughs> soon. Um, and I think whether we like it or not, they're going to open. And I don't mean we like it. I think whether Trudeau likes it or not, they're going to open sooner than later. Uh, Because our neighbors are saying, what are you doing? He's sorry he ever closed them. Should have closed them down uh, immediately. 16 months ago. Absolutely. Here's here's one. He was was afraid of offending people. The borders are reopening and people are going to go nuts. And why do I say that? Well, let me tell you, I'm glad you asked that question because a week ago, when, when they announced that we're going to allow outdoor patios to open in our city of Barrie, Ontario, the beautiful waterfront community that it is, council rightly made a decision to say, hey, you know what? 
let's extend the patio hours a little bit because if you're at limited capacity or sorry, if you're at restricted capacity, let's at least stretch the hours of operations so that you can take in the, uh, you know, the patrons. Yeah. Soak and it in and, first... and, and put a little more money in the coffers for the businesses yeah. that have been shut down for so long, for sure. That's, that's understandable. So the, first, the first night was actually very, I want to say conservative, but it was a lot fewer people Tame. than I anticipated going out. Tame. Tame's maybe a good word. And yeah. and because I was looking at the ramp up to it on Wednesday and Thursday, and everybody on social media was like, I'm going in, you know. <laughs> yeah. Save me a spot. Then it pissed rain on 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 Saturday. I think the skies opened up right at 5 p.m. when everyone was getting off work. Looking forward to this. Uh, you know what yeah. I saw though is I, I saw reports of of people losing their mind. I saw the reports yeah. of of and I'm not gonna say it was college kids, it might not have been college kids, but let's just say the usual suspects were out in full force and they couldn't contain themselves and there was an increased number and increased i'm not talking well, about over the month period when it was locked down i'm talking about an increased number over even what would have been normal pre-pandemic an in- increased number of incidents where where there were bar fights yeah. and street brawls and stuff like that and the police were really quite uh, kept quite busy that's the example of the human behavior right or wrong love it or hate it doesn't matter that's the example of the human behavior that came out because people have been locked up for 18 months so to yeah. speak right that's the an same example. thing's going to happen in the economy the same thing's going to happen in travel people are going to blow the bank they're going to say finally i'm free and they're going to go on spending sprees and i don't i don't well, see people going well so now that the things are open and 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 we're going to slow down on our covid relief payments and funding etc i'm going to act in a restrained manner we suffered and now we deserve to to reward ourselves and and historically that yeah you just said a dangerous word though mike you said a dangerous word historically deserve deserve you said deserve because deserve the world's not the world's not nice oh i'm not saying it in the in the the first person i'm not saying it in the first person i'm saying it collectively that's the mindset is damn it we deserve this and we can just collectively we can justify this kind of mass spending if you look at the the spanish flu came in the late 1800s suddenly people are were were partying like there was no tomorrow spending like there was no tomorrow the economy went totally insane a pandemic the roaring 20s the dirty 30s world war ii uh, that's in a period of time, like between now and say 1980, all of that went down. But certainly such a, an event in our world does impact on our behaviors in the moment. And I would say there, there's, there's, you know, for years to come, there's influences. So yeah, Mike, to say, I think it will be interesting. You're, you're, you're far too intellectual for, for me. <laughs> for me you know and i and i think that i think that you're doing exactly what i'm doing but you're you're actually applying it history and, and, and yeah well no you're just making it deeper than i'm capable of handling but but no and then i appreciate the story time and it's good i think you're absolutely right i'm yeah. just looking at i don't need to go back 100 years to look at human nature although you can go back 100 yeah. years to look at i was gonna say like you, you know you say people can't handle themselves in the bar and there's always that sliver of the the population who the rules are made for when I open up a new uh, smartphone, that little silica packet in there that says, do not eat. That wasn't for me, that message. That was for the <laughs> idiot who at one o'clock in the morning feels, I'm going to go punch that guy in the mouth because I've had eight beers and, and I can't. So unfortunately, we all have to abide by the, the rules set for those who can't behave. Um, but that, there's another you know, behavior thing that I'm curious about, and that is everybody's going to be going back into a workplace after uh, a year and a half away. 
Um, people have gotten used to having their space and not being micromanaged by a boss or, or people who presume to be your boss who maybe really aren't, but they think they are. Those kind of tolerated behaviors that people put up with pre-pandemic, now they've had a taste of being their own person. They're going to go back into those shared work environments. I wonder how many people in the first uh, or over the next six months are, 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 are going to quit their jobs, going to have that meltdown and just say, enough, I can't, I'm not taking this from you or whatever. Uh, there's going to be a fresh perspective on the way people are treated in the workplace. Those who have not been treated yeah. as they deserve to be. And so it'll be interesting Absolutely. to see how that plays out. I, I, I'm, I'm already starting to see it a little bit. There are going to be some interesting tests because they're, they're basically in terms of the modern, call it modern judicial system and modern labor codes, et cetera, we haven't seen this, what we're, what we're facing. So there's a lot of precedent that has yet to be set. So there's a lot of tests that are going to come about. So those who say, forget it, I'm not traveling, I'm not going into the office. Those are people who quite likely hated the commute. Or there are those who say, I can't get anything done because there's so much hustle and bustle. And when I'm at home, I get peace and quiet and I'm more productive. They're, they're going to be all sorts of, of things. I can tell you for our companies, we have, we have productivity uh, software and, and it's not, we're not screen recording, but we can monitor productivity and it doesn't matter how we do it. It's, it's a standard issue software that's out there. Got a right big now. brother bring to it. You can, you can tell productivity. Let's just put it this way. You can tell if the yeah. keyboard's been sitting absent for a while, right? And it's not spying. It's a productivity software. So, you know, uh, anyway, bottom line is that that our, our staff have been really good. Like we have a 99% success rate, if not a 100% success rate mm -hmm. of our staff working from home. So I, I can tell you, though, there's a huge component of them who are like, we can't wait to get out of the bedroom, <laughs> right? We, yeah. we, we can't wait to get in, in proximity and socialize. Uh, they're they're oh, a yeah. social bunch. Reality is, Mike, our productivity might go down a little bit for a while as, as they uh, are back in the office and enjoying each other's company and telling a joke. Yeah. And great. You know what? That's Returning the to the I'm water cooler. Yeah. I'm willing to pay that price. Um, I, yeah. I really am. Um, I think yeah. it's healthier. Yeah, uh, I think it's uh, but but there there are those who are going to challenge the the return to work order and that order being the policy at the corporate level. There are businesses that uh, you know I don't we're not going back to normal, whatever no. that is. We're not going well, back. Well, no, we're not going back. Certainly, that's one shift that is going to continue on. And and I think some would say that we're that the workplace environment and the workplace in general was was already in a process of evolving. I think the pandemic made it a necessity and quickened the pace on that. And I don't expect all businesses, we've talked about this on our, our TV show uh, uh, for the last year and a half, and that the work from home thing is a reality now, all of a sudden. It was, it was a concept prior to, prior to the pandemic. <clears throat> then it instantly became a reality. Whoever heard of Zoom a year and a half ago? I mean, it was there. Now Zoom is, it's literally a verb, you know, I'll Zoom What's you later. It, this pandemic has catalyzed uh, uh, progress if you yeah. want to call it that progress, evolution, innovation, change, you name the word, the cliche, whatever this, this pandemic yeah. really did uh, well, they had capacity to, to deliver their product. Yeah. yeah. And they, but they did it. Right. Yeah. You want to talk about an unsung hero. They saved the world. Yeah. You know, they, they, they really did. Our rent does nothing for the good of the, of the company. Yeah. Because zoom has allowed us to function or yeah. Google, uh, productivity suite and Google Meets has allowed us to, to function uh, without rent. H however, uh, there is something to be gained by being 
in each other's presence. Zoom's done a pretty good job of getting people together and we still have people 18 months later figuring, oh, I'm still on mute yeah, and, and that kind of thing. And that's fine. Uh, but there is an energy, there is a, you know, there's a reason why we have the six senses, right? Or sorry, the five senses, some of us have six, but there's a reason why we have the five senses. And, and some of those senses we don't get to utilize. We don't get the benefit of when we are in a Zoom type of environment, when we're yeah. not collaborating together in person. We don't get the benefit of those senses. No, like the guy who reheats fish in the microwave. There, there is no component of Zoom that, that deals with that. I'm going to do that today but, at the office. <laughs> there you go. I still think there's a synergy that comes from physically collaborating together, depending exactly. on the type of work uh, that you're doing. But there's no app, there's no virtual environment that, that can replicate that 100%. But that's why I think we're going to see more more often than, than not, I, I think if there is an evolution from the nine to five thing, it won't be completely to the work from home, all time, full time. Now, the physical space is going to change now because you don't need a cubicle for anyone and everyone to be working from. You just you bring in your different teams on different days and you rotate it. You know, being a realtor, I, I, I'm looking at that and I think the big towers down on Bay Street and Wall Street and any big city office area where, you know, there's the big vertical uh, office space. A lot of, there's going to be a lot of vacancies in, in those because I think 3,000 square feet on the 18th floor down on Bay Street. Now they're realizing they're people who are all over Southern Ontario. They can work from home for three quarters of the time. And we only need 800 square feet where we can uh, meet maybe out in Vaughan or something or some somewhere uh, outside Regis. of the downtown where the square footage cost is a lot less. Uh, so there's going to be a lot of shifts, a lot of changes. Uh, you touched on some really good points. Uh, we, we've got a pretty good size footprint for an average company and um <laughs> And, and what would what would it. that footprint be? Uh, how many square feet of? Uh... It's not massive, but we're about six thousand square feet right now, and we have That's... a need to grow. We are working in a hybrid model where we're not all back at the office and we're not all work from home, and we've got the same footprint that we had, but we now literally have double the capacity. We've got all of the cleaning protocols in place, the sterilization. You know that we have the cleaners coming in. We've got our own you know, disinfectant and stuff like that. But we literally are rotating use of space uh, by having teams in two days a week, three days from home. And then the other two days a week, someone else, another team is coming in and they're three days from home. So we are actually getting capacity right now, even though we have to change our, our layout and change the spacing between our staff, we're actually getting capacity. The other thing is we've got some staff who've never stepped a day inside of our office, that they they were hired work from home and they continue to work from home. Continued, yeah. So the beauty behind that is that our ability to um, tap into the talent pool that's out there searching for a job well, we're hiring people from the Ottawa region, Kingston. We're hiring people from the Niagara region. And, and we've grown considerably and we've found some great talent, both within the city who are able to work from home and are able to come into the office. And those who are from outside the region who would otherwise have had to move if they wanted the job yeah. and, and they haven't had to. And it works. It's just plain and simple. It works. Yeah. And, and those people working in those virtual capacities who were before uh, this, They've kind of looked at as an anomaly. They were an exception to the rule. Like, well, you're not really in. You're not really. You're not part of the team. A member of this team. You're you're just yeah. some you know satellite entity there. Um, now now they're accepted. Now now everybody else gets it. 
let's step away from the the, the gripping edge of your seat world of uh, corporate uh, and and step into a little more fun, interesting, and always colorful and unpredictable world of municipal politics. Oh my gosh. Something's been in play for the past while at city council. And I tune in and I know you tune in occasionally and watch city council. If you're going to pick one year out of the four year to watch, watch, watch the final year, be just ahead of an election again. Cause that's when you see some of the most colorful behaviors uh, happening around that table. There is uh, but it's, it's just, for me, it's a lot more fun to watch, but one of our counselors is bringing forward and there's always someone around the table who has, Hey, I've got the next latest and greatest idea, be it a, a splash pad in a park or, or this or that, just something that's going to be fun for the residents. It's not going to be the be all end all. That's going to take us to a whole other level. And that item right now is one of these life-size eight feet tall signs that says, says Barry, nothing spectacular, nothing original. It's been done many times in many cities. And it's, you know, you have the lifetime through life-size three-dimensional sign. People can pose beside it, have their picture taken. They post it to social media, their friends see it and they go, oh, Barry, oh, you weren't Barry anyway. It's probably the cheapest form of chintzy publicity a city could ever give itself. I have no problem with it whatsoever, but I find it interesting what should have been an innocent enough thing has become controversial. And, and there's been arguments from some around the table that, oh, we, Barry doesn't need this because there's people in the public who are saying, oh, this is a waste of time. Because I think that the, the, the councillor brought this for, forward has had a polarizing effect on, on the population. So those who are behind him love this. Those who don't like the man. So, though, huh, Mike? Yeah. Those who don't admittedly like the man so. are against it. Yeah. Oh, and he would be the first to tell you that. That, uh, But you can see that he's polarized people even on council. And, you know, there are uh, one faction in there who are, who are dead set against this. And their reasoning just has me shaking my head. Uh, one, one, you know, that we don't need one of these signs. It's not going to cost any, the city of Barrie anything because the funds are being raised by the councillor from the private sector. So good on you. Go ahead. If it doesn't work, if we get lots of complaints, we'll take it down. But everything from, well, this is going to be vandalized. And my favorite is, well, this is not an original idea. Uh, and I think- Yeah, let's get into a couple of things, because I mean, I think the deputy mayor uh, quite rightly stated, it's just a sign. Well, that's and, it. But it's symbol and, and, of something bigger for all of those people around the table. And he's and raising and the more funds personal. himself to do it, though. He's yeah. raising the funds to do it himself. So it's costing not nothing. And and so the, the $15,000 annual maintenance for graffiti and, and snow removal, I think, was rightly pointed out to be considered quite likely excessive. However, in fairness to the staffer, they're like, listen, if it's I come excessive in Excessive in its estimation. It'll come in at yeah, half. But if I come less. in at a dollar and it costs $10, you're going to rip me apart for not coming in at $10 or 11 and coming yeah. in under budget, right? So I think I think that the staffer who, who made his comments was <laughs> did, did the right thing, right? So you either have an appetite for this or you don't. But Mike, what you landed on, I think quite accurately, is the polarization. It's so petty and it's so palpable, the fact that you see the the teams that huddle and, and uh, excuse me one sec. Well, I'll pick up from there. Uh, as Arif has stepped away from his microphone uh, to, I don't know, maybe turn off a fire alarm or, or maybe the police are at the door. I'm not sure, but uh, um, yeah, I'm back. here he I'm comes back. back. Here, well, finish your thought, Arif. Yeah. Well, it, it's, so, it's so petty. And or it's was so your fish ready? Was that your microwave? That was. It was, and by its wafting, but you, you need yeah. the. <laughs> 
you, you need that other sense. Yeah. Uh, well, what's wafting is the stench of partisanship that's in there, and it's it's cliquey, and and it doesn't matter what this one council or this one side says. They're going to band together, and they just yeah. nod, and they're defiant, and they just can't find a reason to like it, and they come up with every excuse. In fact, there was one. It's not that they can't find a reason up. to like it; they're determined to find a reason not to like it. Exactly. And, and one and of the one of the even. They, they even planted a deputant who, who, who said that it's there's going to be violence and there's going to be vandalism as if it was being foreshadowed. And, and the, oh, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. so obvious. Every, every three-dimensional item in this town is susceptible to vandalism. There's no controlling that. But that you don't say we're not going to do that because there could be vandalism. They decided that it wasn't going to be original instead of actually... And, and here's the neat thing, right? The, the, the average person at home reads the headline and with all due respect to the staff reporter who's had to sit with a toothpick, hope, hope, keeping their eyes open while they go through this, you know, 15 hour debate over nothingness, uh, you know that the whole story is not going to be conveyed. Well, here's how the whole story didn't get conveyed. The comment that said, and it's not going to be original, completely ignores the fact that, A, the items supported by the city's own art center, art gallery and their yeah. staff. It's ignored by the public art committee, which is made up of the public and artisans yeah. and people in the arts community who typically this cohort of cliquey people who are not for anything to support anything would normally have been supporting and crying foul over whatever if we didn't give the public art committee a grant. But anyway, and so it's, this item is supported by those people. But the most important thing here is that right in the motion itself, it says the size, scope, and nature or shape or, or end product is yet to be determined it's to be because determined. it's going to be yeah. voted on by a collective group of people who will make sure that it is original, make sure that it yeah. is as beautiful as it can and be. Regard regardless, that's not a reason for, for to step up and say, well, we can't support this because it's not original. Well, if city council only did things that were original, then they'd be taking tremendous risks in each and every decision they make. No, you look for things that have been successful in other areas. I can think back for many years, we had a statue, a Rodan, the thinker that sat there. That's the guy in bronze sitting on a rock with his leaning forward with his, you know, his elbow on his knee and his hand on his chin. And do you think that was original? No, that, that was one of 28 or 30 casts that were made and distributed to cities all around the world. Uh, should we not have put the Rodan in front of the art gallery because it wasn't original? If you want an original yeah, it, it, uh, of anything, you're going to pay a bucks. price for it. Yeah. Sometimes. But don't you remember the moose, Mike, the moose? Yeah. It's not well, so we had many of them. Should moose. we have only had one because more than one wouldn't be original? Man, Mel Lassen was all about the moose. Everybody, everywhere you go, Ottawa had a moose. The moose. Every then city we did the beaver. Moose. People did the beavers. You know, plastic ducks and ponds. Barry's not the only city that's ever done that. So don't give me the original argument because when you do that, you're just showing me you're digging deep and really grasping at anything and everything desperately to shoot this down. Not because of the merits of the article itself, but because of the politics and personalities totally behind yeah. it. And, and that frustrates me. And I, I hate to see that. And I'd love to see, you know, the people getting along, but we're really seeing a division. It's become the four horsemen of the apocalypse who are opposing anything and everything that comes from certain people at council. And, and it's, you can predict with certainty what's going to happen in the last year uh, before an election of a city council, not in each and every term, but certainly this term. And I think we saw it, you know, two or three 
terms of going, there was a whole different group of people there that were, there was some friction, but it's like watching the final few weeks of the a reality show, like the survivor where you know, nobody trusts anybody. Everybody's looking to get that advantage and, and, and step ahead in everything they do. And unfortunately, instead of coming across as looking uh, your best, people tend to look a little bit flawed and faltered uh, through it all. So I, I would just love everybody to just step back and remember why they're in there to begin with and just focus on the task at hand. And that is running the corporation of the city of Barrie. It's become anything but that. And that's the truth, Mike. I mean, and it's unfortunate, but if the electorate's paying any attention whatsoever, they'll be able to analyze. Remember, you're not electing, you're not reelecting council, you're reelecting your actual uh, your actual representative. And, you know, we'll have to see. I mean, a lot of people uh, have become uh, complacent. A lot of people have become apathetic. Uh, and some people are going to decide that they can look back over the four-year term and decide if, if the person um, met their needs, which was was responsive to uh, correspondence, you know, answered the phone, showed up, paid attention, made me feel important yeah. uh, and acted in my best interest. And, and I think it's going to be a hard go for some of the members around the table or, or even the collective to say, what did we actually get done? And boy, oh boy, don't you dare blame it on the pandemic, because if you blame it on the pandemic, you're really thumbing your nose at all of the rest of society that has had to be resilient, that has had to use the cliche yeah. now term called pivot and adapt. And uh, the world has done so. Uh, yeah. and, and what did you spend the balance or the bulk of your four-year term doing? Uh, well, considering the pandemic was so far 16 months of those 48 months, uh, what did you do with the rest of the time at least, right? So, so how productive were you? How far did you advance things along? Yeah. How much of it was divisive? How much was it cooperative? I don't care where you came from. You got to see, leave your stripes at home and work towards the betterment of yeah. the community as a whole. To, Can you say you did that? Yeah. To leave it on a positive note, fam family feuds aside uh, within uh, municipal politics, I think on the whole, I'm proud and impressed with how city council and the city of Barrie itself quickly adapted without a template for this. They, they've been able to be resourceful to adapt with regards to the pandemic. I, I give them a passing mark on that. We've come through this. Not everybody's going to be happy and has a different idea of when and what we should have done at what time, uh, at, be it at the municipal, provincial, or federal level. But I, I, I got to say the job that our municipal government has done, I'm happier with than what's happened at the federal level, but we'll leave that for another show. If you look at the three levels of government, it goes without saying that those at a municipal level are cl most closely bonded and, and related and, and engaged with uh, the people that they serve and represent. I, I think that there's room for, there's opportunity for growth. There's opportunity for maturity. There's opportunity to uh, reset the um, mindset uh, yeah. and determine that we want to get back to doing the business that is uh, important to the people. Right. Serving, serving the people at its core, uh, core business. And, and that is, uh, you know, I think you're I think you're right. I would give an absolute more than a passing grade. I'd give a shining grade to those who are actually employed by the city, the staff mm -hmm. level. They are the ones who actually had to do the work. They're the ones who actually had to uh, adapt and work from home or take on whole new protocols on how to deliver services. And I think they've done a remarkable, remarkable yeah. job. Uh, as for the elected representatives, yeah, I think, yeah, it, it's it's unfortunate that uh, that a lot of this infighting um, has has really put a stain on a sort of perception because there are some really good people around the table. Uh, the sure. majority are good people. And I don't care if you have a different opinion than mine. That's great. 
Yeah. Bring your as long argument, as it's genuine and, and there's no agenda behind it. But I do think that that local organizations, local stakeholders have adapted and pivoted. I think that the councillors who are genuinely interested in the well-being of the municipality have done just that. Uh, I think that there are those who um, I would very lovingly and caringly suggest that you are better suited as an activist. Your passion is that of an activist. Yeah. Your commitment I think and your drive is that yeah. of an activist. And you would have my support. I would probably give my signature to what you were working on, apply my signature of an endorsement if you asked me to as a, as a regular resident. I might give you the $10 or the $100 to support your campaign as a resident if you were an activist working for a cause. It doesn't matter whether that politically aligns with me or not. If I see your passion and you're trying to help out someone in need or a cause in need and you're you're acting as an activist or a lobbyist i can get behind that i don't care but it, i don't believe that that i don't believe that that demeanor belongs at council i don't oh, believe that I, that demeanor belongs as as an elected official and so i would encourage those uh who maybe are thinking of seeking re-election or looking to get in um to to remember that that when you're here to serve as a counselor well what's the mandate of council what is the mandate what does the municipal act say that you're responsible for doing well it's delivering these really greater services the greater boring services like road paving and waste collection recycling um you know water control and quality management etc this is what your job is it's not to pick um activist fights and uh, so i would encourage them to to consider that okay food or fuel for a future show for sure arif and this being our debut podcast of Conflicts and Interests with Arv Khan and Mike Montague. I think it went well. Maybe uh, I'm sure we'll fine tune it and it'll get more polished and probably even more uh, edgy I as we go. I can't wait for you to make me sound slim and fit and healthy, Mike. That's well, what I can't I, wait. And I, I, think just, you're... I think we'll continue to move the line in the sand uh, as, uh, as we no go doubt and see what we can get, get away well. with in, in increments here. <laughs> But if you, uh, you know, if you like, you, you haven't had enough of us here, if you're not totally sick to death of our voices, you can tune in Monday nights at 6.30 to Hitting Home with Mike and Arif. That's the TV version of what we do and been doing now for three years on Rogers TV, just ahead of City Council on uh, the Rogers channel. And I think it plays, I don't know, seven or eight times throughout the week. Um, We've had some great and guests to all of on our fans show, in but- Istanbul and Thailand and, and all these different places. All over, the world. They, yeah. all over the world to subscribe and, and watch us, but uh, um, tune in there and uh, we'll be back next week with another uh, podcast episode, uh, pending the feedback. I think we'll get, get a little gritty, Mike. One. I think we just need to get a little bit of attitude here. Uh, we're just, we're just being way too polite. Uh, no holding back. Okay. Arf, you have a good day. Yeah, it was we'll good. Mike. You soon. We got a full tank of gas. Half a pack of cigarettes, it's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it.